for Pastor Al. Well, I have the opportunity to introduce two new friends of mine. So I'm going to invite uh, Danielle and Maureen to come on ahead. And uh, these are friends of mine and now friends of ours uh, from the Jewish community. And um, we met quite recently, and we've been having some very enjoyable and meaningful uh, conversations. And um, as you know, um, there are a few things that are very close to my heart, which are very close to our heart, because historically, as the Christian community, um, our faith roots go all the way back to the, um, the Older Testament. And uh, so the Jewish people are people that are very, very close and dear to our hearts. And as we were talking earlier today, um, I loved hearing this. Um, I believe it was, was Danny who said that um, just feeling safe among Christians is a beautiful thing for, for Jewish people. And uh, we're going to have a, an, an interaction here. We've kind of sketched out where we think it might go, and we're going to be spontaneous too a little bit along the way. But you probably saw in the news yesterday that a synagogue in Fredericton was um, um, targeted in a way that would be hateful. And you could imagine, and I was just getting updated today, being Jewish uh, these days is not easy. And I've always scratched my head on that one, not understanding why there is an old, old antagonistic spirit, you could call it, against the Jewish community. And uh, we just have like an unbelievably zero tolerance for anti-Semitism. It's just not, not something that we will tolerate for a millisecond. And um, we want to... Uh, We want to spread that word, uh, right? We are people of influence, and we have friends and family and circles where we can have conversations and dialogues and interaction with people, and we need to be advocates for, for the Jewish community. She has many enemies, and uh, the people of Israel have many enemies, and uh, the church, uh, we are not one of them. We are, we are advocates and protectors, and uh, so that's just who we are. Um, so it's good to have you. Uh, here today. Yeah. So this is Maureen. And this is Danielle and um, uh, Danny. I think we go by Danny. And uh, so, Danny, if you want to kind of introduce and get the conversation started, then by all means. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor, for having us here. Um, it has been a lonely and scary time for our community. And so it's um, just humbling to be here and to be amongst friends. So thank you so much. Um, I have the pleasure of introducing Maureen. Um, those of you who've been following the news knows that October 7th was a horrible day for Israel and uh, for the Jewish people around the world, and we're learning that others share our, our heartache. For Maureen in particular, um, her cousin, Romy, is, is a hostage in Gaza right now, and um, I can't even fathom the heartache that Maureen is going through. We want to bring forward um, uh, Maureen's perspective and story of Romy and um, the plight of the hostages that are in Gaza right now. I myself am a, a, just a volunteer with the Jewish community and have been supporting our community efforts uh, relating to outreach. Um, so I'm here, I'm going to uh, have Maureen say a few words. Hi, everyone. Thank you for the incredibly warm welcome. Uh, I wrote something. Public speaking is, is just not my thing. Um, Romy Gonen um, is my cousin. She's 
no matter how many times I talk about it, I still, um, it's still very diff difficult. Um, she's 23 years old. She was violently kidnapped on October 7th. Um, she was shot in the hand, and uh, that's all we know. We know that she's alive as of November with the last set of released hostages, and we also know that, um, that she was not given any medical treatment for her wounds, so time is ticking. Romy is Jewish, and she's Israeli, and she's a woman, and somehow that makes her less worthy of saving in the hearts and minds of leaders, social movements, and those who run international rights organizations designed to protect women and children during wartime. It has been especially devastating to watch how so many people around the world have responded with deafening silence. So it is with immense gratitude and a heart full of appreciation that I stand before you today on behalf of the Jewish community to express our deepest thanks for your unwavering support that you have extended towards Israel and our hostages. In times where the world can seem divided, it is truly heartening to witness the power of unity through faith and shared values. Your congregation demonstrates genuine compassion, righteousness, and hope for humanity, not only within the walls of the church, but also in the broader global context, which is so desperately needed right now. It's important for you to know that your support for the Jewish people has not only touched our hearts, but has also contributed to creating a sense of safety and reassurance within our own community. Safety is a fundamental need that resonates deeply within each of us, and your solidarity has provided us with a profound sense of security. In a time when uncertainties can be overwhelming, knowing that we have allies like you brings us comfort and strength. Your prayers, your acts of kindness and advocacy serve as a powerful reminder that compassion knows no bounds and it reinforces the importance of standing together in times of need, reminding us that we are not alone on this journey. May the blessings of peace be upon you all and may our collective efforts contribute to a world where kindness compassion, and understanding prevail. Thank you. Uh, we are um, very connected to, um, and, and believers, and we offer prayers. Um, we stand with the sons and daughters of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's what we do. Um, we have been grafted in, so to speak, right? And uh, we honor our past and our roots, and, and that's what we're doing today as well. Um, yesterday was uh, Holocaust Remembrance Day. Um, there are some things, just as the Jewish people celebrate Passover, as we do. Uh, we put Christ at the center of the table, of course, and, uh, but we do remember and celebrate um, the beautiful delivering work of God, right? Out of the cruel clutches of Pharaoh, um, the Hebrew people were led out and on dry ground as the waters parted. And uh, we're going to offer a prayer in just a moment um, that 
these hostages would be delivered. And, um, but I do want to remind us, especially in the Western world, we are living in unusual times. And uh, we need to continue to tell the story so that future generations are aware and don't forget the way the Jewish people were treated. The Holocaust was unbelievable. But it doesn't end there. It goes way back. The, the Hebrew people have been mistreated, the Jewish people. And uh, we just want to do our part while we're on the planet to make sure we don't stand passively by and let things happen, right? I'm calling you as your pastor to be someone who is um, a force for good in the world. And remember that evil lurks everywhere, including our own human hearts, and we want to just be the kinds of people that advocate for good and push back against evil. And uh, you're my friends. I, I felt connected to you the moment we met. And um, I think, uh, and when I went to Israel a number of years ago, I've been a couple of times, and there were about 40 of us that were planning on going in about two, two or three weeks' time. And uh, we'll go again. We'll find our way to go again, for sure. Um, but when I went to Israel, it was like coming home. And um, I feel like I'm part Jewish. Does that make sense? <laughs> we had a board retreat this weekend, and we were having conversations around if we weren't who we were culturally, who would we want to be? I said, I'm conflicted between Jewish and Italian. I don't know what that would look like. But. You could be both, technically. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You could be both. Um, so we're going to pray in, in just a moment. Um, and I think you had something that you were going to, which I found incredibly meaningful, and I thought this would be good to get publicly. Yes. So in Israel, a group called the Missing Hostages and Families Forum has been set up to address the needs and to raise awareness about the hostages in Gaza. And the forum has, has a token uh, to remind us all about the, the hostages in Gaza. And there's an inscription in Hebrew that says, Halev Shali Shavui Ba'aza, which means my heart is being held captive in Gaza. And then it also says, bring them home now in English at the bottom. Mm. So, Thank you so much for your support as an ally. We are so grateful, and um, we'd honored. be honored for you too. I am honored. This. I'm going to put that on right now. I think that is beautiful. That is awesome. Well, we are going to pray, and uh, I love hearing Hebrew spoken so fluently. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot in a moment here. Um, do you know, you know number 6, 24 to 26, may the Lord bless you and keep you? Do you know that? Um, uh, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you. I can, would you mind bringing it up? And do you, cause you, would you know that in Hebrew to speak it over our church family? If you don't, no pressure. I have to reveal it. Is it the Shema? Oh, Shema Israel. Oh, yeah. yeah that, that we know. Hero that's Israel, Lord our God? Yeah. That's our, that's our number okay. one. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> would you mind speaking that over our church family in Hebrew? Of course, yeah. That would be wonderful. Okay. All right. What, now? You can do it right now. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Son of David, God and Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we call on you today. With humility, Lord, we approach your throne of grace. We thank you for the honor and privilege to share this stage with two of your daughters. We honor them today. And we honor the promise, Lord, that was made to Abraham and to his descendants. 
Isaac and Jacob and all who would come from them. We honor Messiah Jesus today. We make space for him in our hearts. And we do pause to petition you, Lord, on behalf of the 130-plus hostages that are in Gaza, held against their will. We pray, Lord, that you would move upon the hearts of their captive, the ones who are holding them captive today. And we ask you, Lord, that there would be a change of mind, a change of heart, and that all 130-plus would be released unharmed, safely returned to their families. We pray especially for Romy today. We ask you, God, that you would cause her wounds to be healed. We pray for her psychological well-being. We pray that you would preserve her body, soul, mind, and spirit. And we pray, Lord, that in the middle of the darkest valley of her life, I can assume, that you would remind her that even though we walk through the darkest valley, you are with us. And we pray, Lord, that you would strongly demonstrate your power. And as we agree, as a church community with our Jewish friends, we pray, Father, for a deliverance to come. Lord, open hearts, open gates, and may there be a release. We pray, Lord, that not one hostage would be harmed, that every one of them would be returned safely. And so um, we know that every time we pray, you hear us. And so, um, God, we ask in your mercy that you would respond and do something wonderful and beautiful. And we commit this prayer to you now when we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. It's always good to meet new friends, isn't it? And um, we, are, we are going to continue to pray, right? Um, sometimes what happens, because we live in an information age, uh, where once something is out of the, the media cycle, it just kind of goes to the back burner. Um, we have opportunities to uh, speak to our representatives in, representatives in government, uh, we want to make sure we do our part as Canadians along the way to advocate. There's no reason why these hostages shouldn't be released. No reason. There's no reason at all. So um, where we have influence, let's leverage it and use it for the kingdom's sake because we are busy doing good in the world, right? That's who we are. All right. Well, we have about 15 minutes or so of time left, and I'm, I'm wondering what to do with this morning because I have a scripture talk prepared. And I'm just wondering what the best use of time is here today on how to handle it, because um, when this came to me this week, I just thought, this is really, really important, and we need to do it. And so I'm, I'm really glad that we did. And I want to stay in touch, too, if there's anything we can do along the way. Pray for our partners in Israel, too, right? Wayne Hillsden and King of Kings Community Church in uh, Jerusalem for Firm Fellowship of Israeli-Related Ministries. Um, we really do need to continue to pray and give so that we can be a source of, of encouragement and help. And thank you, by the way, Danny, for this. I really appreciate it. All right, so um, just a couple of announcements for you while I get myself organized here. Uh, water baptism. If you haven't been baptized in water yet, uh, Sunday, February the 18th, you can be baptized. So head over to kingstreet.org. There's a request for baptism. We'll be happy to help you with next steps. 
and all the fantastic volunteer teams that serve here at King Street. We're having uh, an evening just to celebrate and honor you. And uh, so that's happening actually on Sunday, February the 4th at 5 p.m., which is actually next Sunday. And so if you haven't responded yet, we need to just hear from you because we have to order enough Mandarin for everybody. And so we would love to have you come. It's free of charge, of course, and we just want to celebrate you and say thank you for all that you do here at King Street. And uh, so we're going to continue, as has already been mentioned this morning, the series called Pain and Pretending. Uh, Those of us who are people of faith, uh, we experience pain. Um, Just because we are people of faith does not mean that we're immune to pain, and so we shouldn't pretend that it doesn't come to us. And so over the last number of weeks, we've been working through this whole idea of what does it look like for us to be people who um, are honest and real and don't live in denial about the painful experiences of our lives, as we've just been talking about regarding Romy and the other 130 or so hostages in Gaza. Um, What does it look like for us to experience pain as people of faith. Uh, We're not exempt. We're not immune. And uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about the challenge with um, addiction. And sometimes that can happen for people in our family circles, our friendship circles, maybe even ourselves. And uh, the way the brain works is if we repeat behaviors enough times, there can be some neural pathways that are formed. And the next thing you know, we find ourselves in many ways having a compulsion or an addiction And uh, that compulsion or addiction can take all sorts of different forms. For some, it's shopping. Uh, For others, it could be food-related. For some, there could be sexual aspects to it or alcohol, substance use, or abuse. And uh, so this is real. Humans face these um, challenges. And, uh, but before we do that, if you're able again, our passage to ponder is on the screen, and it's taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So would you stand with me? We'll read uh, beginning uh, verse 7. And uh, we'll pick it up at verse 16 as well. But if you're comfortable reading so that your neighbor can hear you, let's recite this together. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Therefore, we do not lose heart, Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. So just a few thoughts this morning before we we wrap up our our gathering. Um, So sometimes the term addiction can feel overwhelming and maybe even produce some measure of shame when we say it because we have this um, correlation uh, that we associate with that term and all sorts of pictures emerge for us. And uh, so I thought it might be better if we use the word entanglement. Um, It's a New Testament biblical word and it helps us get at the essence of what it means for us to kind of not move freely in the world. And um, if we're not moving freely in the world, we're not accomplishing uh, our purpose. And, um, and unfortunately, what happens is that we can allow the subtle uh, experiences of temptation and sin and the distractions of life to kind of move us off course by just a series of few degrees or maybe more. 
And the next thing you know, we're off course, and we've involved ourselves in things that are, are harmful, not just to us, but the people in our lives. And so um, our first thought for consideration today is this. Entanglements are real, even for people of saving faith. Um, you know about our little dog, Finley. He's a, he's a good boy. He's not a year old yet, so he's got full of, full of life and energy and vitality, and his teeth are still very sharp. And um, we're having fun with him. Um, but we take him for morning walks, and he's got these furry paws, and, and he finds the burrs when the ground is not snow-covered. He just does. His feet are like, uh, they just attract them. And uh, when he gets inside the house, he needs a little bit of assistance to get the burrs off because he's really distracted by them. They're a little annoying for him, and they'd be annoying for us as well. And um, so they're, they're just irritants in a sense. As humans in the world, we can make our way... And things can, we can find ourselves attracted to certain behaviors or practices, and things can cling to us. And we need some help sometimes to get these things off. And um, also, Christmas is just a little bit behind us, um, but you were taking down lights, I'm assuming, over the last little while, maybe off the Christmas tree or off the house, the porch, whatever. And we always put them up with care, don't we? Because we're celebrating, there's eggnog, and we're playing Christmas music, and it's a wonderful, beautiful experience, and we can't wait to plug them in, and it looks majestic and beautiful and seasonal and all the rest. But when it's time to take them down, what do we do, right? Just grab the lights, throw them in a box, and then next December, we'll open up the box and say, who did this? You know, how, how did this happen, right? Becomes a really tangled mess, and it takes great deliberate intentionality to untangle the string of lights that have become very much entangled. Well, this is the picture a little bit of the writer of Hebrews. Uh, chapter 12, uh, let me read the first three verses for us. He writes and says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and who are those witnesses? Hebrews 11 talks about the, the people of faith who have gone before us. They've set the pace. They've lived uh, a life of example. We're surrounded by that cloud of witnesses. The writer says in light of that, let us throw off everything that hinders. Let's get all of those burrs off of us. They're big distractions. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. The writer's describing it as this, um, almost like a, a rope or a thread of some sort that, that surrounds our feet and we can't move freely in the world. And it keeps us, from the kind of movement that God would have us uh, experience in life. He says, let us run, right? Here's the metaphor, that we would be runners in a race. We want to untangle ourselves so that we can run well. Let us run with perseverance, the race that is marked out for us. Your race is a bit different than mine. We all have an assigned race. And uh, we get to choose along the way, too. There's immense freedom in our lives. But there are some things we don't get to choose. I didn't get to choose my parents. God gave me wonderful parents. I didn't get to choose where I was going to be born. But I'm thankful I was born in this fantastic country. It's not perfect, but it's a good place to call home. Um, there are a lot of things that I didn't get to choose that God chose for me. Um, I get to choose a bunch of things along the way. And I can walk on certain paths where the burrs are. Uh, I can choose to put the string of lights into the, the Christmas box storage container a certain way. I can experience the entanglements of life, but we are running a race. It's a unique race that we're running. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, 
scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, Jesus the Christ, who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And so um, those of us who are Jesus-following people, let's be honest in the room today. We have not arrived yet. We are not perfect. There is a creep that can happen in our own hearts where we allow our hearts to move in the wrong direction sometimes. Do you remember the prophet Jeremiah? He said, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can understand it? And so our heart can move in all sorts of different directions that are not necessarily good or God-approved. And so we want the leadership of the Spirit to help us so that we can feel the gentle nudge of his prompting so that we can stay on the narrow way of the gospel and we can live with intentionality, good and beautiful lives, spread the fragrance of Christ far and wide. And um, this is the truth about who we are. We have not arrived yet. There will be a day when you and I step over the threshold. We will move from this life into the world to come. I like the way our Jewish friends talk about um, life in this world. Uh, Once we are awake to who God is, um, we become repairers of the world. And so we roll up our sleeves and go to work to make the world a better place. And even this idea of how we live in this world, the rabbis compare it to like a vestibule. It's kind of like we're in this vestibule, um, recognizing that life is bigger than the vestibule. We want to walk through the open doors into a much bigger room, like this beautiful lobby out there. One day, what will happen is we will breathe our last, and we will step through the vestibule, and we will go into a much bigger room with a much bigger God than we can even imagine, who makes room for the people he loves, which is us. God so loved the world, right, that he gave his one and only son. But until we get there, we're going to have this inner conflict or battle. It's almost like Velcro in the soul, where sometimes, unfortunately, things stick to us, and we have to, again, with deliberate intentionality, pull those things off of us that are not good for us. And um, so just because we're people of faith, let's not pretend that we are um, further ahead on the journey than we actually are. Anybody in the room here still struggle with sin? Just curious. Anybody here still face temptation and sometimes lose the battle? Anybody in the room wish they were further ahead on their adventure and journey with God than they are? I had an awesome lead pastor a number of years ago out in Kelowna, B.C., and he was like family to me. He really took P and I and the girls into like his heart, literally, and his family. We didn't have family in B.C., so he became our family. But he was so brutally honest. He said to me sometime, it was about 25 years of pastoral work, he said, you know, Dave, I, I thought by this time on my adventure in faith and spiritual leadership that I'd be further ahead than I am. I thought, man, that's so good and so honest. It's so real. And I think that is, as you know, around here, um, if we can't be honest, then what can we be? Um, And people of authentic faith need to be people who are honest. We have doubts, concerns. We lament. We lament with Romy, right? We we lament with the hostages in, in Gaza. We lament for all the evil we see around us. Um, People of faith can be honest that we have doubts, questions, concerns. We wrestle. Um, That's what I love about our Jewish friends. They wrestle, right? Jacob wrestled with God. We're supposed to wrestle. God invites a wrestle. We struggle with him sometimes. Like when you see what goes on in the world around us, and sometimes we see what goes on in our world, specifically our individual world, We can wrestle with that, can't we, to say, why did this happen? 
Why, why Romy? Why Romy? I think that's a terrible thing that happened to Romy. I know all of us believe that's a terrible thing that happened to Romy. Why Romy? We have questions, unresolved questions, unanswered ones. People of faith have them. So, you know what I think the world needs is people of honest faith who are not afraid to share their honest questions with people who don't even share our faith and say, we haven't figured it out yet. Um, Christians haven't figured it all out yet. We're in process. And there's enough grace for us, right? The writer of Hebrews says that we can approach with confidence a throne of grace. That doesn't mean that we earn our way there. It means that we come to a throne where a God who is incredibly benevolent, kind, and gracious and says, whosoever will, let them come. And we come as we are. And thanks be to God, he doesn't leave us that way, right? He works on us, and he makes us better versions of ourselves. Thank you, God, that you're not giving up on the likes of us. Amen. So we don't judge the world. We serve the world. We open up our arms to others, and we build bridges. Uh, There are a few things that I am deeply committed to in my life, and one of them is being a bridge builder within the Christian community. Um, Protestants and Catholics, is it possible that we could see each other through the lens of grace? Um, And I've always been a person who has held the Jewish community close to my heart. These These are important things to me. And I know that for many of you in the room, these are important things to you too. As we grow and as we mature, we should become more committed to bridge building with every passing day reaching across aisles or divides in order to walk more closely with people who might see the world even slightly or dramatically different than us. Remember Rick Warren? I say this often here to our church family. Um, You don't have to see eye to eye in order to walk shoulder to shoulder. We can be friends. We can partner together. We can walk together, sharing the world, working on common causes. Uh, though we may have different vantage points by which we see various things. So I'm going to give you a one-point sermon today. That's it. Amen to that? The congregation loves it when I preach really, really long sermons. They, they say, don't stop, Pastor Dave. Keep going. Keep going. Um, I'm having fun with you today for sure. But it just feels right to have this conversation today and an abbreviated scripture talk And it was so good to have two Jewish friends in our worship gathering today. Love it. Love it. All right. So uh, if you're able, would you stand? Um, I have some announcements, I think. I don't know, but I should see if I can find them here. Uh, Let me see what we have because I want to make sure I send you out uh, knowing what you need to know about what's coming next. So um, bear with me for one moment. We're continuing our series next week, Pain and Pretending, and so we hope you'll come and join us. And if you live local, you're online, we'd love to have you come, 611 King Street West in Oshawa. And uh, if you're unable to, it's so good to have people watching us from faraway places online. Uh, There is a date night comedy tour planned for um, February the 11th. You can find your tickets online kingstreet.org again, and it'll be a wonderful, uh, wonderful night. It happens to be Super Bowl Sunday, so um, torn between two lovers, right? What do we do? Um, we'll see who wins out on that one, right? 
date night comedy night. It should be a fun night. And uh, thank you again for your faithful and generous giving, uh, both online and in person. There are locked giving drop boxes at the back. We couldn't do what we do without you giving in the way that you do so faithfully and generously. So thank you in advance for doing that. And I get to leave you with a benediction or blessing that I um, offer uh, most weeks here. But before we do, I just want to close with a, a prayer. Father, thank you once again for the gift of time in this world. And thank you for the way that you do order our steps and invite us into a good and beautiful life. Uh, We thank you for the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that when we take our next breath, we are, in a sense, breathing in the power and presence of the Spirit of the one true God and that you're sustaining every living creature, including all of us in this room today. And, Lord, we pray that as we breathe in and we breathe out that you would help us to exhale in many ways that same life of the Spirit into the world around us that is troubled on so many fronts. Uh, We pray that you would, again, bless um, Israel. We pray that you would bring peace to Jerusalem. We pray that you would protect and provide. And we pray, God, that you would advance, again, good in the world. And we pray, Lord, for the preservation of human life across every, um, every battle line. And we pray again, Lord, that you would help us to see every human person as an image bearer of the one true God worthy of dignity and respect. And uh, we pray again, Lord, for our Jewish friends, wherever they may find themselves, that they would be safe and protected. May their children not be harassed and ridiculed and persecuted, but may they flourish in a safe world. And especially in the greater Toronto area, God, we pray that we would live together in harmony and that we would protect and care for one another. And so, God, for places of worship, for homes, for businesses, Uh, We pray, Lord, again, that you would bless and prosper the Jewish community. We ask you, Lord, that you would just cause your face to turn toward them and bless them in every way. And may the Jesus-following community, may we flourish on mission in the world wherever you assign us a place of service. And uh, we thank you again, God, that you are always with us. We want to be committed to doing your will and living life your way. And... um, We pray this in the awesome name of God, who is forever Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his loving countenance towards you and give you much peace and much grace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you and have a great rest of the weekend.